This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Little LL Cool J to start the final hour of this three-hour extravaganza. Ty Butler going until 3 o'clock right here on 98.7 ESPN. Make sure you hit me up on Twitter, Ty D. Butler. Instagram as well, T-Y-D-B-U-T-L-E-R. And we can get it popping on the phone lines, 800-919-3776. So at 3 o'clock, you'll get network programming that'll take you till 6, where at that time, it is the finale of a three-game set between the Orioles and the Red Sox at Williamsport, the site of the Little League World Series. That coverage underway at 6 right here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, By the way, the Jets-Falcons game tomorrow night, you can hear right on 98.7 ESPN as well. So we did a lot of baseball the first hour. Toward the end of the second hour, got into the Zach Wilson conversation. And pretty much just just to recap, I, I can't understand anyone who is going to gravitate toward the notion that Joe Flacco has to, you know, start any number of games, even if Zach Wilson is healthy. Zach's your starter. This is your quarterback of the future. He's the number two overall pick in the draft. And the clock is ticking because we saw with Darnold, it didn't work out, but we're still in year three wondering. And so we got to a point where it's like, no, this is not going to work out. The Jets can't find a quarterback. The evaluation starts immediately for these NFL quarterbacks. And you look around the league at teams that have their guys, we kind of know at the end of the year too, right? Like the, the, the Chargers know or knew with Justin Herbert. The Ravens knew with Lamar Jackson. The Bengals absolutely knew with Joe Burrow. Mahomes and the Chiefs, we knew that. So you look around the league with the young quarterbacks that, that are out there, you get your answer pretty quickly. Even if you struggle in year one, if if the guy is expected to be one of the best in the league or at least competing for a spot in that top 10, top 12, year two, we get a pretty good idea of the trajectory going in a positive manner. So you, you have to have Zach Wilson out there for almost the entirety of the season outside of him obviously recovering from the injury and not being expected to go out there in week one. I actually feel weirdly optimistic about the, about this team. Joe Douglas knocked it out the park in the draft, and I think the roster is coming together pretty nicely. It's going to start and end with the two most important positions on the field, one being Zach Wilson, who we just talked about, struggled in his first six games last year, started to come together in his final seven, but then also Robert Sala. 4-13 and 13 last year, his calling card was defense. The Jets were the single worst defense in all of football. That can't happen. So if those two guys are not good, Sala as a head coach and Wilson as a quarterback, then the ship is sailed. It's not going to be what you want. Speaking of not what you want, Mets down 4 nothing in the bottom of the first inning in Philadelphia. So it's still early, a lot of game left, but they lose this. We're talking about them losing 3 or 4 in Philly after losing 3 or 4 in Atlanta. 
they have their rookie, Jose Buto, making his MLB debut. Taiwan Walker was supposed to start today, but the, the back spasms uh, knocked him out of this start. Doesn't look like it's going to be too serious. He's expected to rejoin the rotation soon, but Mets right now struggling down 4 nothing in Philadelphia. On Zach Wilson and, and Robert Sala, it's an important year for that tandem. We have to see it come together pretty quickly. Because last year was just an utter embarrassment and, an, and a disaster, if we're being honest. So now Silas, he's, he's in a rough spot going into tomorrow where he, he doesn't know what to do with his starters. He says he's torn on whether or not to play them. And this has to be a direct reaction to watching his starting quarterback go down last week on the second drive of that game. And I'm, I, I don't blame Salah for it because you know, coming into it, it was Wilson play one series or maybe two. After Wilson throws the pick on that first series, you kind of got to bring him back out there for, for the second one just because you want to get him to feel good. Now, some of it is psyche, right? After he struggled last season, comes in first drive this, this preseason, throws an interception, and then you pull him. No, I, I think you want to give him an opportunity to – Feel have him have something to feel good about, and he was on his way to doing that with that run where he escaped, and then he he hurt his knee. Salah torn on playing the starters tomorrow, and it's about Zach being hurt, and also we saw Beckton go down before the preseason. Last year we saw Lawson go down, so you're you're talking about three significant injuries that happened, you know, in exhibition affairs slash training camp. So I understand the hesitation, but it's uh, why it's tough is because preseason matters not for the upper echelon teams like the Bills and the Chiefs and the Packers, you know, not for those teams, the Bucks, like not those uh, preseason doesn't matter for those teams, but when you're rebuilding and you filled a lot of holes on your roster via the draft and you brought some new guys in and there's a, a period of adjustment that needs to be accounted for. It matters for, for young teams. It matters for a second-year head coach. It matters for a second-year quarterback. And it matters for these guys who went 4-13 and last year and are trying to exercise the September demons that show they're winless in their last 12 September games. They're trying to exercise the demons of three straight years starting 0-3. Preseason absolutely matters. You're not going to have your quarterback, but you still need to get those guys out there. And when you're dealing with injuries or potential injuries, it it, it makes it a, a conundrum for one Robert Sala. So it's a tough one that I understand. Matt in Staten Island wants to talk. What's up, Matt? Hey, what's going on? Uh, I just want to piggyback on a few points that I heard you make. Um, for starters, I 100% agree that Joe Flacco cannot carry the team out through the whole season. And just for a message to all Jets fans, we have to be realistic with our expectations coming this season. Joe Flacco is a below-average quarterback. He is the backup to the New York Jets because he is a below-average quarterback at this age. That's the reason why he is there. So Zach Wilson needs to come back as soon as possible. And this year, I cannot express it much. As a person that played high-level football, this year for him is more – I can't express how important this year is for him for his development for not only him but the team because if he doesn't look good, he doesn't come out. I think that Joe Douglas and Rob Sala has been trying to build, in my opinion, I feel like. Um, and that's really the only, only thing I want to say. I just want I want the Jets 
fans to be realistic with what's going on this season and to not expect Joe Flacco to come out and throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, and he's also, and I appreciate the call, he's also 37. And you know, he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Yes, a decade ago he did win a Super Bowl and was the MVP of said Super Bowl. As Rizzo is running home on a on a misplay by the Jays, so DJ LeMahieu hits what was a single. Uh, Rizzo now comes in to score on an error, and the Yankees are up one nothing in the top uh, in the bottom of the first inning at the stadium against the Jays. As we hear the chimes coming, uh, chimes that we've only heard twenty one times in the last eleven games. That's how many runs the Yankees have scored coming into today. So it's good to see the offense out to an early lead. They got out to an early lead, early lead yesterday, up one nothing through two innings, and then Garrett Cole happened. But you see Rizzo scoring, and he's he's got a lot of you know he, a lot of energy from Rizzo and and Lemayhu pounding their chest. The, the Yankees, who at one point were on pace to set the record for wins, it's August twenty first, the first inning against the Blue Jays. And we got chest pounding from LeMahieu and Rizzo. If you don't buy into the Yankees struggling, they disagree with you. Because the, the reaction they just had, scoring that one run in the, in the bottom of the first inning, tells you they, they also see that the struggles, because of the enlarged sample size, are something to pay attention to. I <laughs> didn't think they would be so excited in the first inning, but when when you're down bad the way that they have been, <laughs> these runs matter. These runs are important. So back to the Jets, I agree with you about you know the expectations on, on Flacco just can't be that high. It can't be that high. As I mentioned, he's lost four. Joe Flacco in his last 16 starts has lost 14 of them. He's lost 14 of them. He's not going to be the savior. This is not going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, circa 2015 where he comes in and he's able to, you know, catch lightning in a bottle and go on some run. Joe Flacco's 37 and cooked. And I, I hear and see the reports about how good he's looked in camp. Zach Wilson's the starting quarterback. There is no quarterback controversy, like, as far as a guy against another guy on the roster with the Jets. Now, the controversy could be it's year two. We need to see a return on the investment. That can be the controversy. But it, it, there's no, like, you know, Flacco should come in and st- – like Anita said earlier, Flacco should come in and start the first four games. I disagree with that because he knows the division well. Hasn't been in that division in four years, and he's and he's cooked. He's cooked. Flacco's not the guy. Zach Wilson is. But is Daniel Jones the guy with the Giants? Keyshawn Johnson says no, and we'll hear from him next. And talk about the New York football Giants who will be playing – they're week two of the preseason tonight against the Bengals. Still haven't seen anything about whether or not they'll play their starters because they're dealing with injuries as well. But is Daniel Jones on his way out of town? We'll talk about it next, right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. So it looks like a bunch of runs are just going to be scored in Philadelphia today after the Phillies put up a four spot in their half of the first inning. The Mets have responded with two and are still threatening. Two outs, man on second. Mets now cut that lead in half. Four to two is the score. Uh, quick correction. I said if the Mets lose this game, it'll, it'll be three or four that they've lost. 
They won Friday night, split yesterday, so it would it would just be a split of the series. If they win, they take three or four, and you know you do you do what you have to do to keep the Braves from catching you. The second to last series of the season, they're in Atlanta for three before they 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 close the year with Washington. It's a huge series. It looks like it's going to be headed to do or die for both teams as far as the the division crown. If you're the Mets, that's that's not something you want. Obviously, you'd love to have it wrapped up prior to them. But the Braves have just been so hot. All they all they do is win. And since they they won that series against you three or four uh, this week. They've inched even closer. So it's three games in the loss column. The Mets looking to get back in this game. They're trailing by two. Meanwhile, in the Bronx, Yankees early lead. Where have we seen this before? Oh, that's right, yesterday when they lost. They're up one nothing now. Nasty Nestor's on the mound. Maureen Gonzalez in right field today has made a couple of nice plays. A little homage to uh, Paul O'Neill, who's had his number 21 retired. So we'll keep you posted on the baseball with the Yankees and the Mets. Stream live sports and original content with ESPN Plus today. You get access to the award-winning 30 for 30 library, unrivaled UFC access, including exclusive pay-per-views. And, you know, Dana White breaking some news last night about Brady and, and Gronk potentially going to the Raiders. So you could get that as well. Live coverage of 35 PGA Tour events each year. Get the ESPN Plus and Disney Plus bundle today and watch ESPN Originals, the 30 for 30s, the entire Disney and Marvel Library and more. Stream anytime, anywhere. Go to ESPNNewYorkBundle.com to learn more. There you go, Harvey. I gave it to you. So on the Giants, uh, is there a quarterback competition right now between Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor? Keyshawn uh, from KJM had this to say about that. They already got account for Daniel Jones or how it's going to go in the regular season. They're not going to mess around with him. They're going to play with him for about three to four to five games and see how it goes. It's a quiet competition for later in the season. No matter how well Tyrod can go out there and score on every single possession throughout the regular preseason. I mean, the rest of the preseason. Daniel Jones still going to start Daniel week Jones one. Daniel still going to start week one he's if he's healthy. He's going to start week one, but I, I think I saw Keyshawn. I think I did see Keyshawn say that – Daniel Jones is going to be taken out by week six. And you're going to have Tyrod Taylor as the starting quarterback for the Giants, which would just be, I mean, talk about all all of what Dave Gettleman doing ha- has been bad, and we've rightfully destroyed him for it. But if the quarterback he drafted not only didn't pan out, but when the new regime comes in and they're looking to evaluate him because there's still – hope that Daniel Jones can be the guy. There's still some of the talent and the skill set he pre- that he presents. There's still some belief that maybe, just maybe, it could all come together and he could mature and, and become the, the franchise quarterback that the Giants need. If we get to week six and he's already done, wow, what a mess that is. Daniel Jones so far in his career struggled turning the ball over. He's had injuries. We found out this week he had uh, a neck procedure done, but he said it was non-football related. It, it had to do with something else, which is odd because he missed the last six games of last year because of a neck injury. But he says the two have no correlation to each other. It's just, I mean, if the Giants are, are already at week six, and and this is just his prediction, not saying it's going to happen. But if we go there for a moment and pretend there's a reality that exists where it's week six and, and Jones is not under center for the Giants. What a mess that is. That that is that's a mess. That that is an absolute mess. You'll have to be looking for a quarterback in the draft. I guess if you're the Giants, like what would you rather? 
if you don't think Daniel Jones is the guy, you can't go into this season hoping for them to win eight, nine, ten games. Well, if they win ten games, then you imagine they'd be in the playoffs. But if they're in that seven, eight mark, seven, eight wins, they're not in the playoffs, and you're not high enough in the draft to really get your guy at quarterback. So now you're in a situation where you you can try your best to trade up. But man, if you don't think Daniel Jones is the guy, Giant fans, are you in a weird way rooting for them to just be bad this year? Are you rooting for them to tank so they could get their quarterback? I don't think Daniel Jones is the answer quarterback for the Giants. I, I just nothing about what I've seen so far has leads me to believe this is going to be your answer. I, I just don't believe it's going to happen. I'm looking forward to watching what he can do with Brian Dable in, in this new system. It's, it's now his third offense in four years, but I just don't see it. My question to you, though, is if, if Zach, between Zach Wilson and Daniel Jones, who do you think has is more likely to have a long career as a quote-unquote successful quarterback in New York? And not success, meaning they, they had to have won a Super Bowl. But success, like your franchise quarterback gets the second contract. We know he's your guy going forward. Who do we have more confident? If, if it's one guy that it's going to happen for, let's just pretend that it happened for one guy. Who are you more confident that it happened for? Is it Daniel Jones or is it Zach Wilson? I... Gonna sound biased here because I'm a Jet fan, but I just feel better about Zach Wilson going forward. I do. And the, the one year that we have to go on with Zach, now it's, it's in, a, in a weird way, it favors Zach more so that because the sample size is only 13 games, even though the 13 games were not great. Daniel Jones now entering year four, we've, we've got three years of evidence that Daniel Jones might not be the answer. And that's not a sample size issue. That's you know him not showing the ability to stay on the field, him being too turnover prone, whereas Zach Wilson, the turnovers came last year, and he's dealing with his second injury in two seasons, but we only have one year to go off of. And this year is where the expectation happens of him taking that leap. And I think it's going to happen. When he does come back, I do think the Jets can take that leap because they've surrounded him with the requisite talent needed to aid your quarterback in his growth. Love what they have coming out the backfield with Michael Carter and Brees Hall. Michael Carter was really good for this team last year. Really, really good spark for them. The offensive line, sucks not having Mekhi Beckham, but you plug in Dwayne Brown, who's a pro bowler. And you expect that unit to be much better than it was last year where Zach was just running for his life the entire season. Garrett Wilson, you just took in the draft. Pair him with Elijah Moore. Braxton Berrios was, was uh, all pro last year. All pro last year, Braxton Berrios was. So you have him, Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, and then you add the tight ends and Uzoma and, and Conklin. So he has the weapons. This, this, this won't be about him not having enough weapons, assuming these guys are able to stay relatively healthy. This year will be about... Him using what he has and taking it to the next level. We're, we're out of excuses. You don't have enough weapons. First year, rookie season. No. This is year two. 
You come back, you're healthy, you're on the field. Here we go. Here we go. And I think they can be pretty good this year. I, I, I'm not talking playoffs. I'm not talking, you know, division crown. But I do think the Jets can can be functional and we can watch them and not have our eyes bleeding or it feel like a chore and a job to watch this team every Sunday at 1 o'clock. It not feel like, you know, when the bye week happens, you're like, thank God they're not playing today. I get to actually enjoy watching football. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. I don't think so at all. Jose and Bayside wants to weigh in on the Jones versus Wilson conversation. What's up, Jose? What's up, Ty? Becoming a fan, man. Heard you on uh, DNR the other week, and I love listening to your thoughts now, man. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it, man. What's up? What you got today? Uh, so, obviously, you're stating all the, uh, the salient points. Uh, Wilson has got the regime behind him that's supporting him, wanted to see him succeed. So, obviously, currently stating Wilson is the guy with the better future, but they got to play Daniel Jones, man, irregardless of what's going on. Either he's going to do it, he's going to show he's the guy, or not. And if he's not, then just fire sale through the midseason and just get rid of everything and just collect uh, draft picks. I'd stuff like that. But, yeah, Zach Wilson definitely got to prove it this year as well. And with the Flacco situation, you got to let him play. The wheels will all fall off on him eventually, and then Zach will be back in, regardless of what's going on throughout the season. Yeah, and I agree with you. Appreciate the call, Jose, and the kind words, man. You know, call up anytime. I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on everything. I, I, don't, I don't understand, if you're the Giants, why you would bench Daniel Jones early. I guess... I guess it would only be because Tyrod Taylor has has is giving you a better chance to win games. But what are you prioritizing this year? It's is it about winning games and getting the team into the playoffs or is it more about really getting a season long look at Daniel Jones and, and whether or not he's the guy? Obviously you would love for both to happen simultaneously. You find out Daniel Jones is your guy while you're winning football games, you get to the playoffs in year one of this new regime. But I just don't, I don't understand why you would bench him. You want to see Daniel Jones give you the entire season. Now, if he's so bad that you have to replace him, then, yeah, that makes sense. But I also don't think Tyrod's going to come in here and just start winning a, a bunch of games. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I do think Saquon's going to be great this year. I, 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 I'm really high on Saquon Barkley, two years removed from that injury. I don't know if he's going to be year one Saquon, but I, I think you're, he's going to he's going to give you a, a a pretty damn good season. So I'm excited to watch that element of the Giant offense this year. Kenny Galladay, I mean, can we score a touchdown? Can can we score a touchdown this year, Kenny Galladay? Can we not have you go an entire season without scoring a touchdown? That'll be fun. But who are you hiring on? It, it, who's going? If I told you one of these guys is going to go on to have a, a successful tenure. With their New York football team, who is it? Is it Zach Wilson or is it Daniel Jones? This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Ty Butler. Hit me on Twitter, Ty D. Butler. Instagram, Ty D. Butler. Hit us up on the phones, 800-919-3776. Tom, this is why we are in sync. Because during the break, what did you say to me? You said, I should do something. Uh, I should do something on Twitter. What was that? What did you say to me I should do on Twitter? It was to get a poll going about possibly Daniel Jones or Zach Wilson. Who would you have more long-term confidence in? And how about this? So nine days ago, I put this poll up on Twitter. I said, in 20 years, we reflect on this quarterback having a pretty good career in New York. The results, 81% of the audience went with Zach Wilson. 
only 18. So 81.3% went with Zach Wilson, 18.7% went with Daniel Jones, and neither. Like some people commented, neither. That's not the question. I said, if we reflect on this quarterback having a pretty good year, let's just say one of them did. Is it Daniel Jones or Zach Wilson? And overwhelmingly, more people went with Zach Wilson. And I think the the part of it is the circumstance because Zach Wilson's going to get a longer leash going forward. This is it for Daniel Jones. If he struggles this year, like that's it. He's done. Whereas Zach Wilson, even if Zach struggles, which I don't know because now that I'm thinking about it, if Zach Wilson struggles and the Jets are picking high in the draft, you're looking at the, the, the quarterbacks coming out, you might invest in drafting his replacement, which is way too premature to even think about right now. But the overall point is just that if Zach Wilson doesn't take that second-year leap that you know Dan Orlovsky is expecting and Chad Ochocinco is comparing him to Patrick Mahomes, if he doesn't take that significant leap and let's just say he's average, there's still an opportunity for him to go out there and, and perform and be the quarterback of the future. Whereas Daniel Jones, I think anything outside of being fantastic this year sees that he's going through that exit door. That that just has to be the case, right? Other NFL stuff. I saw Patrick Mahomes yesterday make a throw rolling to his left, a sidearm throw. He is unbelievable, and we've known that. But we're going to get a different version of Patrick Mahomes this year, one that is playing with a chip on his shoulder because two things happened since we last saw Patrick Mahomes be great. Two things have happened. They blew that big lead in the second half against the Bengals in the AFC Championship game where their offense scored three points in the second half, and he was pretty bad. What did he throw? Two picks? Two two interceptions? Could have very well have been like five balls were dropped. Patrick Mahomes was, for the first time in his career, in a big spot, struggled. So he's got to come back from that, and I think he will, but... Athletes will tell you all the time. They use things as motivation. He, he's going to pretend that he's being counted out because of what happened in the second half of that game and in the championship game. But not just that, the exit of Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek Hill's talking about him playing with the most accurate quarterback in the NFL and how excited he is to play with Tua. Because I guess, you know, percentage-wise, he's the most accurate. But... Going from, from Mahomes to Tua, man, that, that's a significant downgrade. We all know that. You ain't fooling anybody with that, my G. But Mahomes, it's the question being how does he respond to what happened against the Bengals and how much does it matter losing Tyreek Hill, who was his number one threat, a, a five-yard slant turning into, turning into a 90-yard touchdown. Patrick Mahomes having that security blanket, but he still has Kelsey. He still has Hardman, and he still he still has you know Andy Reid as his play caller, and he's still Patrick Mahomes. So I'm I'm looking forward to he's on the must watch list every year, every year he's on the must watch list. But this year for a little bit of a different reason, to seeing him playing under under those circumstances, uh, a fully motivated, locked in Patrick Mahomes where. For the first time, it's like maybe the regular season matters this year. 
because after you get to and win a Super Bowl, after you get to a, a D forward offside penalty away from getting to the Super Bowl, then you get to the Super Bowl and win it. Regular season, I mean, it matters, but it's about the playoffs. This year, I think the regular season is going to matter a little bit. So I'm excited to see Patrick Mahomes. Former league MVP Lamar Jackson still doesn't have a contract with the Ravens. And they just traded Hollywood Brown away to the Cardinals. So Rashad Bateman's his number one receiver is not his number one receiver. I want to see Lamar Jackson this year in a in a contract year campaign. I did see this story that <laughs> I guess it's being folded around that he could potentially replace Brady in Tampa Bay next season, which which would be so funny. But if you're the Ravens, I don't know what the alternative is to paying Lamar Jackson. And Lamar just watched Kyler Murray get paid. And what what is Kyler Murray? Because everyone wants to bring up, you know, Lamar has done nothing in the playoffs. What has Kyler Murray done in the playoffs? He just got two hundred thirty million dollars. Lamar's an MVP. The Ravens in each of his four seasons have made the playoffs three times. And then last year they missed it. Obviously they they had a lot of issues and then he got injured and missed the final four games of the season. But Lamar Jackson has earned the right to be paid, and he sh- he should absolutely be paid uh, by the Ravens. There's no alternative. Who 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 else are you are you getting? Lamar Jackson is still a top quarterback in the NFL. Does he need to perform better in the playoffs? Do we need to see more accuracy from Lamar in big spots? Sure, but I still think the Ravens can win a Super Bowl with. Lamar Jackson. And to take it a step further, here was Steve Young talking about the Ravens are are holding Lamar back. Why isn't he getting paid to be Patrick Mahomes? Because they haven't given him a chance to be Patrick Mahomes. So until they do, Lamar Jackson's damned because of what the Ravens are doing, not because of Lamar Jackson. I can't wait for someone to train Lamar Jackson in a sophisticated passing game. I think he'd be the greatest player in the history of the game. He's being held back by the Ravens. I want the full measure of who Lamar Jackson is. And the full measure is not being brought forward by the Ravens. And if that's not the case, then get out and find someone who will. Yeah, and I don't know that you will go out and find someone who will. But to Steve Young's point, is there an element of the the Ravens not fully unlocking his potential and and, and what he can be? Maybe, but Lamar, you got to pay him. That that's that's a quarterback you have to pay. And the Broncos, another team, fascinating because last year, I believe they finished two games back of of, of winning that division. And it's a talented team. It's a, a roster loaded with talent. And now you get Russell Wilson to be a part of the pack there. So that AFC West division is going to be the single best division in football. And every game is going to matter. It's going to come down to the wire with the Raiders, Broncos, Chiefs, and Chargers. Because Justin Herbert and the Chargers just missed the playoffs last year. But they're expected to take that next step with Brandon Staley. I mean, when you have uh, one of the seven, eight best quarterbacks in the league in Justin Herbert, <laughs> you got you to make the playoffs. But you're playing in a division with <laughs> Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes, so that's going to be fun. I- I'm just looking forward to the days where I can, as a Jet fan, have a quarterback that makes me feel like regardless of who we're going up against, we, haven't, we absolutely have a chance to win that game. There is no game where I should feel like we have no shot. 
Like, if you're a Packers fan, Aaron Rodgers gives you that. And speaking of Aaron Rodgers, we see that there's a little, uh, I don't want to say controversy, but he wasn't happy with his wide receivers uh, in, in practice. And, you know, he had this to say about it. Young guys, you know, they got to, especially young receivers, we got to be way more consistent. A lot of drops, a lot of, uh, you know, bad route decisions, run the wrong route. We got to get better in that area. Keep dropping the ball, you're not going to be out there. So it's going to be the most reliable guys that are out there. You know, if you're going out there and dropping the ball and, and somebody else behind you is in the right spot all the time and catching the ball, that guy's going to play. I'm so excited for this NFL season, man. It's like, who who's the favorite? Who's the favorite? Because the Rams are the defending champions, and it looks like Stafford is rebounding well from that elbow injury. But, I mean, that doesn't sound like something that just goes away. Like that, that, that elbow issue he was dealing with, we're going to follow that the entirety of the season, especially if, if he gets off to a slow start and starts struggling. But it's, it's, it's wide open. And with Rodgers, my favorite quarterback, this is a unique season in that like, there's no Jordy Nelson to go to. There's no Devontae Adams. They just traded him to the, to the Raiders. So it, there's, there's, immense, there's always immense pressure on him, certainly coming off of winning back-to-back MVPs and the playoff exit that came way too early in that game against the Niners where they scored an opening drive touchdown and then six points the rest of the way. Can't have that happen. But him with this young group of receivers, I mean, Sammy Watkins, Lazard, and then, you know, a bunch of guys. Aaron Jones coming out the backfield, a bunch of guys. And 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 the criticism of Rodgers in big playoff games has been that sometimes he's force-feeding, like, the, the, the receivers that he trusts, like Devontae Adams. Uh, he's force-feeding him, throwing into double coverage. But now he's going to have to spread the wealth. So I'm excited to see Rodgers this season as well following that 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 Packers and how it unfolds with them because he's got to get another Super Bowl. He 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 had one in you know 2010 his third season of his career replacing Brett Favre but and he's to me the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. I know folks will sit there and debate that. I'm not saying he's better than Brady. Brady's the goat. Brady's the most accomplished. Brady's had it all come together. Brady didn't have the postseason failures that that Rodgers does. But for Aaron, I'm a big supporter. He needs to get one, though. I, I will admit he needs to get another one. It needs to happen. We've seen the Packers lose so much, you know, these these heartbreakers in the playoffs, and it wasn't really on Rodgers, but last year was on him. And the, the Bucks game the year before that, a little bit on him. Mets? Scratching and clawing their way back. It's now 4-3 to three in the top of the third inning. As vocal back hits a RBI double that scores Starlin Marte. And the Met offense humming right now against Kyle Gibson. Seven runs so far have been scored at Citizens Bank. A lot of runs will be scored today in Philadelphia. Meanwhile, the Yankees uh, surrendered a home run, Nestor Cortez, to Merrifield. So it is 1-1 in but the bottom of the third inning, Yankees looking to get back in the win column. It's been right. Can't lose on Paul O'Neill Day, guys. Can't lose on Paul O'Neill Day. So you got to get that victory.